This week on Moms Moving On. If you have made the decision that you are done with your marriage, this is not a conversation. You are not asking for permission. You are not asking for agreement. You are not asking for understanding. You are making a declaration for yourself and your life. Divorce doesn't screw up kids. How we do divorce can screw up our kids, right? And the long-term studies of divorce say that, you know, in the short term, yes. Like, we're not going to be Pollyanna about this. We're not going to sugarcoat it. In the short term, yes, children are affected. Of course they are. But in the long term, children of healthy, happy divorces go on to have very successful relationships and lives. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. And we're back with another Moms Moving On, and I'm really excited for today's episode because it's going to answer the question that's been on your mind probably for a while now. Before we get to that question, I want to talk about our guest today. She's one of those people who, when I met her, I was like, how did I not know you before? And how have I been going through this like whole world of divorce without you in my back pocket? Her name is Kate Anthony, and she is phenomenal. You've probably seen me post about her before. She is the Divorce Survival Guide. Um, That is the name of her podcast. It's critically acclaimed by the New York Times. So I'm honored just to have her on here. She's also the creator of the groundbreaking online coaching program, Should I Stay or Should I Go? That's the question of the day. And this program helps women make the most difficult decision of their lives. Using coaching tools, relationship education, geeky neuroscience, community support, and deep, deep self-work. Kate empowers women to find their strength, passion, and confidence, even the most disempowering of circumstances, and helps them move forward with concrete plans set on a solid foundation, putting their children at the center, not the middle of all of their decisions. In addition to her online programs, Kate works privately with clients all over the world. She lives in Los Angeles with her teenage son, whom she lovingly co-parents with her ex-husband. There are two dogs and a handful of fish. Kate, why a handful of fish? Like, how did that happen? That's my first question. <laughs> well, you know, it's like when my son was like eight or nine, he was like, I want a goldfish. And we were like, okay, cool. And then we got the goldfish and we killed it. Or first we had the beta, then we, no, we got the goldfish, then we killed it. Then we realized what we actually needed was a tank with a filter. Like goldfish are not supposed to be in bowls, by the way. They do need filters. So then we were like, oh, let's get the filter and the thing. And it just became a whole thing. That, by the way, you become extremely committed to. It's a way bigger commitment than you think. When we finish this podcast today, I'd like you to go back on your website and add fish expert to to your (laughs) very impressive list of uh, accomplishments. I'm so excited you're here because you're going to help us today answer the question on so many women's minds. I know you get it uh, often. I see it in my DMs every day, more than once, very frequently. Should I stay or should I go? How do I know what to do? I'm going to try not to sing the song. Um, (laughs) Ben did it on our live stream and he got flagged by Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That's that's actually really a great story. 
Um, okay, so without singing the song, and before we get to the, the meat and potatoes, give us a little background on how you ended up in this space and how you decided you needed to change all of these lives. Well, you know, as with most of us, it really came out of my own experience. I had been in a really um, contentious and difficult marriage for a long time. And I was asking myself the should I stay or should I go question over and over and over and over again. Um, I was asking anyone and everyone who um, I could find, you know, how do you know? How do you know when it's time? How do you, you know? And the best answer I got was when you know, you'll know. And I was like, that's the problem. <laughs> the point is, can I curse on your show, by Absolutely. the way? Absolutely. Oh, good. Oh, thank God. Um, I was like, you know, that's the fucking problem. I don't, I don't know. And, you know, ultimately when I did know, I knew like when I had that moment um, and, you know, my moment, I always talk about it like my frying pan moment, right? Like we all often, a lot of us, we get hit up the side of the head of the, with a frying pan being like, oh, we suddenly get this burst of clarity. And, you know, my clarity was that I needed to leave for my son. Mm-hmm. And everyone had been telling us we had to stay, you know, stay together for our son and, you know, all of this stuff. And when I realized the relationship that we were modeling to my son and his pr- the predictable outcome of being raised in this environment, there was no question left in my mind at all. But because I had really been searching, you know, for, I would say like, I wanted a burning bush. Mm. I wanted, you know, Morgan Freeman. Lord, send me the sign. Yeah. Right. Morgan Freeman, come out and tell me what to do. Right. And you know, I couldn't, I couldn't find it anywhere. And I eventually found it within myself, but I had also been primed at that point. You know, what I was really looking for, what, not just a, a, you know, a burning bush, but what I was really looking for was a roadmap, you know? And what I realized in hindsight and retrospect was that I actually had the roadmap and it was all of the personal development work that I had been doing over the course of the previous couple of years. Like I was in individual therapy. We were in couples therapy. We were in group couples therapy. We were both in 12-step programs. We were both in other personal development programs. Like there was a lot of work going on. And I think that all of that really led me to the clarity and being able to leave when I did. And so when it came time for me to sort of recreate myself. I was an actor for, I'd been an actor for 30 years. I love that you're saying this. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I got divorced and I was like, I I don't want to keep doing that. You know, it's the most unpredictable, you know, job. I was on a hit TV show, but it didn't matter. I was not, you know, I knew I needed something else. And I started my coaching journey. um, And then I realized I really wanted to help people with, you know, really answer that question with clarity that there was no roadmap out there. There was no program out there that someone could go through and go, okay, what's all, what is everything I really need to know to make this decision? Absolutely. I love, I have to go back to something you said, because it's, it was my why also very often we hear, oh, but you didn't want to stay together for the kids. And I have always very bluntly said, I left for mine. Like I left for a multitude of reasons, all leading back to what I wanted my daughter see, think, feel, hear, and know about relationships and women. And I love that you said that. 
Absolutely. My, you know, my, my relationship with my ex-husband was very contentious. It was, we were, we brought out the worst in each other. And I knew that my son was going to become critical, possibly emotionally abusive. He was not going to be, and, and he was going to choose women like me that were like deeply codependent, that were people pleasers that didn't really have the, I mean, inside I was like, I'm like, you know, powerful, you know, woman. And, but like nothing on the outside, none of the choices that I was making reflected that. Right. And those are the women he was going to choose and he was probably going to abuse them. And that would be on me. Yep. I was the same way. It was all about modeling what would be the healthiest. And for, I don't know how old your son was when you split, but for me, Bella was super young. She was two. And I ultimately took comfort in knowing like, okay, she hadn't been exposed to that much horror for so long. Like maybe, yep. maybe that'll just all leave her brain. And so it really, it, it, this old thought way of thinking of, oh, you got to stay together for the kids. No, you can't stay together for the kids. Right? I- it's so, it's so damaging. So, you know, my son was three and a half, right? And so say, sim- similar, he doesn't really remember us together, which is great. <laughs> Thank God. But yeah, there's so much, you know, people will, you know, decide, they've just decided, I don't know, there was one study that has actually been seriously debunked, um, but it seems to be now still the gold standard saying that children of divorce, you know, suffer in school, they, you know, uh, they have bad relationships, they become drug addicts, all of this shit. You look deeper into that. Children who are part of an unhealthy, toxic divorce where they are made the tools, right? Mm -hmm. Uh All of the research, Harvard research included, by the way, will show you that all parents need is one strong parent to thrive. But aside from that, resilient children are built through adversity. If you have a healthy co-parenting relationship where both parents are actively involved and not manipulating the child, the sky's the limit. So that that divorce, I I always say divorce doesn't screw up kids. How we do divorce can screw up our kids, right? And and research does, as you said, research bears that out. And the long-term studies of divorce say that, you know, in the short term, yes, like we're not going to be Pollyanna about this. We're not going to sugarcoat it in the short term. Yes, children are affected. Of course they are. But in the long term, children of healthy, happy divorces go on to have very successful relationships and lives and are not negatively um, or adversely impacted by the divorce, by the divorce itself. Those are, those are the facts. Those, those are the facts, kids. That's the facts. Now, drum roll, please, for the meat and potatoes. Yeah. Should you essentially stay or go? Well, and you know, this is, this is the big question, right? (laughs) This is the big question on everyone's mind. So the way that I like to think of, should I stay or should I go? The work that I have people do, um, is it's sort of three tiered. And the first tier is all of the inner work because at the end of the day, you know, because the divorce rate for second and third marriages is so much higher. I'm sure you've talked about this a million times, but I'll just repeat, we'll repeat the stats. And I've thought about it a million times because I did get remarried for a second time. So I like, I wasn't prepared. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. So I don't know what the exact current stats are, but they're about 50% for first, 68% for Mm -hmm. second, and then 73 or four for third, yeah. right? Is that, those are the steps. It means like, don't go for round four. Like, the- yeah. <laughs> like at that 
point, you guys, like, cut your losses, right? Right. And so, you know, the bottom line is that, you know, we're getting worse at this and we can, you can trade out your, your spouse as many times as you want. At the end of the day, wherever you go, there you are. You're the common denominator. And if you don't do the work on yourself to figure out what went wrong the first time, beyond just, he's an asshole ex-husband, <laughs> right? Um, then, you know, you're just going to repeat the same patterns. You're right. still going to choose, you're going to choose another asshole ex-husband. Exactly. And and you have to recognize the asshole in yourself. Um, yes. That sounded kind of gross, but <laughs> you have to recognize, no, because like you said, you, you and your ex brought out the worst in each other. My ex and I were the same. I was no peach in this marriage. Sure. He, he pushed all of my unresolved issue buttons and I was a monster. And so, yeah. no, of course I didn't want that moving forward. And that's something that's very hard for women to recognize when we are in this world of everyone's a narcissist and your ex is a narcissist and it's not you, it's him. It's both of you. You both fucked up the marriage, plain and simple. hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, and, and I always say like, he can be as much of an asshole or a narcissist or all of that, but you still picked him. So you got into that dance. Yeah. (laughs) So, and that's, that's an ugly thing to have to, you know, there's a lot of ego that you have to confront in order to, um, you know, to deal with that, to deal with that. Right. right. And with our hard truths, everybody, this is not, this is not calling you out. This is, uh, this is honestly the truth of relationships. We yep. pick people very often because of stuff from our past we haven't healed. And if you don't want to be part of that 68%, you have to work through this. You really yep. do. And, and I, I knew that early on having grown up in, in a divorced household, like I knew what all of this looked like. And so when people ask how I did it so positively and with strength, it's because I was prepared for it just like you. But, you know, owning your flaws is not a bad thing. It is, it is one of the best things you can do for yourself. Personal, listen, I always say divorce is like the most fertile ground for personal development that you can possibly ever go through. And it is the, it's the greatest healing you can ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, in making the decision, the very first thing we have to look at is you, right? We have to look inside. We've got to look internally at, you know, where, you know, who are are we, right? We don't, half of us don't really quite know, right? Who we are. What are, what do we value, right? That groove back. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, values are one of those things that I I work a lot with in this decision-making process. And sometimes it's really clear when you dig deeply for values and you notice that like, there's, there's no right or wrong. We're just not aligned, right? Like I can make him wrong for not having the same values as me, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if, you know, I had a client once who was like, you know, she was working with me personally, one-on-one. And as she went through the values work that I do with my clients, she was, she noticed that her, one of her top values was personal development, right? She read every book. She listened to every podcast. She did the work. She had therapists, she had coaches, right? And he would literally say, her husband would literally say like, I'm exactly, I'm exactly who I was when you married me. And I don't want, you know, I don't believe in therapy and stuff like that. Well, (laughs) sounds so take the judgment out. Take the judgment out of it. That's just a misalignment of right. like really core values, Absolutely. right? And and those are not the things that's, it, it's, you know, you don't, you meet this wonderful guy who's great on paper. You're young. Everybody's getting married. You, 
very often don't think, you know, what's he going to be doing while I'm out bettering myself? You know, it, it, those are not the things that come up. They come up later on. And yeah. it, it's yeah. important to realize the differences there. Yep, absolutely. So we start on the internal work, right? You know, what inner, crit- inner critic work being a huge part of it as well. And then we move into the um, cultural pieces, sort of the outside. So we do the inner work and then we do the outside work and the outside forces. And we, you know, uncover stuff about the mental load and, you know, emotional labor and the patriarchy and all of the cultural implications on marriage in the 21st century. And, you know, is it him or is it just, this is, this is what we're up against, right? Or, Or how much has he bought into that? Is there a way to communicate through that in the marriage, right? Because sometimes, you know, if you're with a partner who's actually um, willing to grow and learn with you, this can be a really revealing conversation about the way that the patriarchy, like patriarchy is not good for men either, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible for women, but it's really bad for men as well, right? So we start to uncover and unpack those boxes. There's becomes a lot of clarity. And then the third sort of tier to this is the interpersonal, right? What is healthy communication, which most of us don't fucking know because nobody teaches it in college, right? So what is healthy communication? How do you actually create a healthy relationship? What does a healthy relationship even look like? You know, and based on your mapping, right, based on who you are, the work that you've uncovered on the, on your internal uh, work, you know, what does that look like for you? Because it might look different for you than someone else. So, so these are the three essential, like main components. And when somebody is working with you through this, here's a good Mm -hmm. question. I currently have clients uh, that are still married and when we have our, our calls, it's always Zoom because I believe in the face-to-face connection. A lot of times these women are calling me from the bottom of their closets, like with their pants on top of them because they don't want their husbands to hear. How are you able to achieve this with the woman who's still at home and, you know, listening yeah. to her around? They're, same thing. Like they're in their car. <laughs> you know, I do, um, I do just phone. I may be switching to Zoom and do more face-to-face work if that's what people want. But for, you know, a lot of these women, they're in their car and they're like parked on the, you know, in a, you know, in the supermarket parking lot. It's really good to know because I don't want the people, you know, listening to think there's not an option, you know, to to work with you, even if their ex is, it's COVID and their ex is working in the other room. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. Right. And I think with COVID, the, the pressure cooker is getting. Oh yeah. We're up 34%, aren't we? I saw Susan Guthrie posted that recently. What, what are we at? We're uh, divorce is up 34% this year since the pandemic hit. Yeah. But look, I understand if you're already living unhappily with somebody and your only escape is getting out during the day and going to work and now you're sitting at home and all day long with this person who you want to punch, like I understand, I can totally see it. Right. Well, especially if you've been living in denial, right? And now like you just can't. Right. <laughs> You know, if you've been one of those people that kept really busy and like went out after work and like was, you know, had a good avoidance strategy and now like you can't. Right. It's so scary. And, and you know, it, in so many ways, it's a great lens, a magnifying glass to, to yeah. really spotlight and get you moving. And at the, other, at the other end, it's been tough. And I know that. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first, a word from our sponsor. 
Divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging. And an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in. That's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time-and-date-stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R FAIR. Subscribe at BeFair.com, that's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com, and then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. What happens, and I'm sure you deal with this very often, when you're gearing up a client to essentially pull the plug on a marriage from somebody who's very high conflict. Yeah. I mean, so there's a whole, you know, there's a lot of strategy uh, with a high conflict um, situation and it, and it really depends. I mean, the first thing I would say is if you're, if you've actually made the decision, you know, the next thing you have to do is have the conversation, right? But before you have the conversation, there's some strategy um, involved. And, you know, one of the first things, what? Give it to us. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing is, I think that from the financial perspective and the legal perspective is gather as much information as you can before you have the conversation. If you know that this is going to be bad and there's going to be some consequence and lockdown or shuffling of money or like anything like that, um, do, do your, I mean, I've had clients go down to, you know, in the middle of the night and scan documents, you know, because, uh, and, you know, one of the first things you should do is make sure you have access to all your accounts. Women, unfortunately, overwhelmingly don't uh, have financial power in their marriages. And, you know, not all of, not all women, but many women have sort of left, you know, left that and they don't even know their account numbers or their passwords. So make sure you get access to all of that and get the information that you need before you even have the conversation. And if you can't, never underestimate the power of setting aside little bits of money here and there. That was something yeah. mm-hmm. um, I know that my mom, my mom was an immigrant to this country and my dad was the one making all the money. And so yeah. whenever he would give her cash or something to a check to pay for something, she would save some money in the event that something would go down one day and it ended up being a lifesaver for her. Yeah. And there are a couple of ways that you can do this now with, you know, the way that technology works these days, right? Is that you can get cash back when you go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people buy uh, gift cards, like um, Visa gift cards when they go to the grocery store okay. and those, like stash those. Um, 
So yeah, absolutely. Stashing as much cash as possible um, is really important. Um, having a, a close friend or su- some, some support system where you know that you can go if you're, if you're not safe. And, you know, really, I think it's, it's getting a lot of ducks in a row before having the conversation. Um, so that when you have the conversation, you know, listen, if, if shit doesn't go south, fucking great. Right. But if it does, you're not completely screwed and terrified it's, and it's, disempowered, right? You never, this is, regret, never regret being prepared. Yes. And you know, this, this is, I'm not going to, um, gloss over the fact that for women who ha- are in high conflict marriages and have been disempowered financially, emotionally, um, and all of that, and that this is a, this is a huge, huge deal mm-hmm. to feel emotionally fortified and justified and um, entitled enough to uh, create, to, to do this, right? Like it's, it's not, um, it sort of goes against your conditioning up until this point. So it, it is a big deal to get to a place where you can make these choices and decisions and then be sort of strategic behind the scenes. Um, it, it takes something. Absolutely. It takes something. Absolutely. And, but it's doable. And so a lot of women will say he's high conflict. He's a narcissist. He's completely taken my power away. And I say, well, it was there once, right? That means you can, you can have it back. And there's no, you know, the whole idea behind it's impossible because he's impossible. It's just, it's a roadblock you've put in your own mind. And it's it's, a mindset. It is. It's totally a mindset. And by the way, even if you've never had it before, Right, because a lot of women we get into these relationships because we, you know, they fit really well into the way that we feel about ourselves. Right, even if we've never had, and I can say this from experience, from having been someone who was really struggling and had really low self-esteem for a really long time, and then got into a marriage that you know validated that. Even if you've never had it, you can still get it. Right, right. If you're someone who's, you know, followed me for a long time or, and I'm sure Michelle, like you think that we're these like, you know, strong, powerful women. Like we were in your shoes one time. We literally the same shoes. And the reason why we are where we are now is because we want to make everybody understand that anybody can come through this and come out. Anybody. Especially where I know Kate, it sounds like you started out a lot like me, uh, just, you know, really lacking for self-confidence and really just, you know, needing a big boost of something. And then you get it and you realize, oh, I gave this to myself and I want other people to learn how to do the same thing. So the work that you're doing is invaluable to say the least. Thanks. Well, you too. Back at you, babe. (laughs) Really, I really enjoy you. (laughs) That's why we're like, wait, we have to be best friends now. (laughs) Well, that happened last week. I was like, how how soon can we chat? Um, what I love most about Kate right now that you guys can't see the first time I had a zoom with her, uh, she had, she has a poster behind her head. Are you ready boots? And I know <laughs> that's like, you know, the, the prelude to start walking. And I just love yeah. how that ties into your whole brand. It's so great. My friends gave me this, of course. Um, and it's actually from the first women's March. It oh. was an original, an original print from oh, just got chills. that's powerful. Yeah. Um, Kai, Kai Aaron's is the name of the artist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he did this for the first women's March and my friends gave it to me and I'm like, yeah. Very apropos. <laughs> so for the ladies whose boots are ready. Yeah. How do we, what, what next? Um, well, you have to have the conversation, right? And that's a 
whole thing. So, um, you know, the thing that I, the thing, the, the, the number one thing I want everyone to understand is that if you have made the decision to, that you are done with your marriage, this is not a conversation. You are not asking for permission. You are not asking for agreement. You are not asking for understanding. You are making a declaration for yourself and your life. Mm-hmm. And that is a very, very important distinction because so many of us have been, um, um, so many of us have been, my dog's shaking his, shaking his collar. <laughs> Sorry. This is pandemic podcasting, podcasting from home. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the fact that this is so many of us are asking for permission. I have so many clients who've been like, well, I've tried to tell him like 10 times, or I've tried to have this conversation. If you're trying to have the conversation, you are, you are waiting for someone to give you permission or, or agree with you. He's not going to agree. Like the definition of this conversation is that he's not going to agree. Of course he's not, especially if you're in a high conflict situation. Right. What you're saying is you no longer have control and power over my life. And someone who needs to have power and control. It's not going to just be like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I guess not. I guess I can relinquish my control now. That's not how this works. Right. How this works is that you say, I'm done. And it's not a conversation. And that's an internal shift, right? The, the, the internal shift is that you're not asking for permission. You're not asking for agreement. They're not going to agree. And they're probably not going to understand. Right. It's also understanding that yeah. No matter what you say or how you say it, it's not going to be received well. Right. And that he's not going to, he's not going to suddenly be like, oh, I get it, (laughs) you know? And if he does, watch out because you've probably been saying it for a long time. Um, That's the other, that's the other, you know, common response to, I want a divorce is, wait, 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 now I'll do anything. Now I'll do anything. And it's like, but I've been asking you to do all these things for the last 10 years and you haven't done it. Right. Don't fall for it. Sorry. Yeah. Change. Yeah. Um, so the, so the internal shift is, this is, this is a declaration. And then the way that this conversation needs to happen is that, you know, and this is really hard for a lot of us, especially those of us who are codependent, that we have to control the narrative because the narrative should be one thing, right? There should be one objective in this conversation, which is to, which is to tell your spouse that this is over. Uh, and that you're done. And then they will take, want to take it in all sorts of different directions. And I, I talk about this, like it's a, like it's a cardboard box, right? And there's a container. There is a, there's a container inside the cardboard box, which is I'm done with this marriage and I am now going to be, um, filing for divorce or whatever, whatever the conversation is. And then, you know, you need to be thinking about all of the ways in which he's going to try to branch out of the box, (laughs) right? He's going to be like, but what about the kids? And what about this? And how are we going to, and your job is to close the lid on the box and say, every one of those decisions is something that we will work on together. I want to make sure that we do this as healthy and collaboratively as possible for the sake of our children. I want to make sure that we put our children at the center of every decision that we make. And right now, I just want you to understand that we, we'll figure out all the hows, all of that will come later. Right now, I just need you to, to understand that this is what's happening. 
And then he's going to like stick out a hand out of the box and be like, but this and that and that. I understand that this is really hard for you because you have to understand this, no matter how many times you've told him, this, this is box, new for me. This box example in my head is, it, it's excellent. I'm just yeah, right. <laughs> like, but wait. <laughs> right, but wait, but what about, what, what? Uh, uh, uh. and you're just closing the lid. This is where, this is what we're talking about. Because at the end of the day, this is new information for him. Even if you told him 15 times, <laughs> this is new information. And you have come to a place of processing this. Um, you've processed this in certain ways. And now your job is to make sure that he gets the information so that he can then go away and process it. If he gets stuck in the house and you go off on all these tangents about how we're going to do things and what about the money and what about the vacation that we planned and what about this, honey, I know we have a lot of decisions to make. And there's going to be things that we agree on, things that we don't just, that we don't agree on. Right now, for today, I just want to make sure that you're really clear that this is my final decision. And then he's going to like, you know, uh, uh, okay, I understand that you're angry. Then you right? get duct tape and you tape them in that box and you don't let them out. No, you tape them exactly right. You take out the duct tape and you wrap right. it around, right? I mean, and at the end of it, and here's the thing, at a certain point you say, listen, um, I know that you, you want to take this conversation into a lot of different, in a lot of different directions. I think that what we need to do now is table the conversation because I need you to go, I need you to be able to process this information and we'll talk about all the logistics down the line. Um, and then you end the conversation because you, you said what you need to say. What do you say to the client who's, who's more up in the not high, high conflict husband says, oh yeah, okay. You've said that before. You're, you're not going to do anything. Yeah. Well then, then, then do it. Yes. Right. I mean, that's the bottom line. Here's the thing. Nobody has to agree. You just have to, you know, if, if you're in a high conflict situation, he's like, I'm not granting you a divorce. <laughs> that's not really that way. <laughs> like, we are no longer in a, in a, you know, like you can, you can file for divorce. <laughs> this is not an agreement. Right. So if he's calling your bluff, call it right back, file the paperwork. You know, whatever state you're in, that looks like different things. So some states require legal separation. File it. You know, if he's not going to get on board of the conversation, I mean, this is really hard when kids are involved and they're, you know, so you want to take time. And here's the thing is most of the time I say, don't rush this. Do not rush. Do not file anything until he has sort of gotten on board with the, with the, um, with the idea because that sends you on the road to litigation, Right. And these are things that we want to avoid if at all possible. So, you know, if he, if he, after like a week or two is still like, uh huh, this isn't happening, then like, mm, well, get, you know, get, say, I'm sorry that you think that this isn't happening. Um, but, you know, and make the move, make some moves. Make the moves, ladies. And, you know, you always have the support you need when you realize there is a community of online women who have been through it, who want to help you through, who have the best advice. Um, you know, very often, just like myself, when I was going through it and those last six months where I wanted somebody to just like push me out the door so I wouldn't mm -hmm. have to do the work, I was oh dealing God, with people right? who didn't get it. My friends as well-intentioned and well-meaning as they were, you know, oh, can you just work it out? Oh, you don't really want to do that. Oh, oh, just just leave, get an apartment. Like the, the, the advice that I needed, I couldn't get from people who hadn't lived it. And this is why Kate, you are so important for women who are either about to go through this or who are going through this. I really, really, really value what you do. I wish I had you around when I was going through my process. 
Thank you. I mean, I feel the same way about you, right? If we had only known about each other or like had people like us, like, ah. I do think there is definitely a recent rise in people like us and I'm grateful for that and I welcome it. And I love the collaboration because there's, there's a different kind of coach for everybody, right? Like there's someone for everybody. It's like, it's like making a friend, a new best friend. You're going to connect with the right person to help you through. And they're literally going to be your divorce Sherpa. And you'll make it to the top of Mount Everest and say, I could never have done this without you because you kind of can't. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Whether it's me or you or like any of our friends and colleagues, like, yeah, we, you know, I think that you and I are similar in that my, uh, you know, my, my goal and my, my, my sort of passion in life is that I want women to know that they, that they, there is freedom and that they don't have to live in horrible relationships and that there are happy relationships out there and that they can be happy even if they're, if they're not partnered like me, you know, like that, that there is freedom on the other side. And so whoever and whatever it takes for you to get there, I don't care. I want all women there. Absolutely. And there, I'm happy you're saying that does not mean remarried. Like that never be the end goal. The end goal is your peace of mind, your happiness, your strength on your own two feet. Yep. How long does the, should you go, should you stay or should you go process with you take? How many sessions? How many months? Yeah, my private coaching is um, is twelve sessions, so about three months. Um, because I think coaching is a process, and people need to be in the process. You know, like therapy, you wouldn't go to therapy like four times and right. expect results, right? right? But I also have, so I have, I do that privately with clients, so you get the private coaching. But I also have an online program, and that's go at your own pace. I mean, ideally, if you were to go through all the content, it would also take twelve weeks. But it, but it's an online program, so you can go at your own pace. And, um, you know, you can go through it more quickly or you can take six months. I don't care. (laughs) You know, um, everyone's different. Yeah. Ladies, you heard it here first. You jump on this today. You could be starting a whole new life by the new year. I mean, we're like just 12 weeks out or, I mean, and so way to start fresh for a new year. You're going to start fresh with Kate's information to help you. I love it. How can everybody find you, connect with you, be more like you? Um, so my website is kateanthony.com. So everything that you need is on there. Um, my podcast is the divorce survival guide podcast, which you can find on all podcast casting platforms. And I'm on Instagram at the divorce survival guide. Um, and Kate is also involved with a bunch of other things that are circulating through the Instagram world right now. She does Facebook lives Yes. Yes. With, uh, with, um, Ben and Nikki of our happy divorce and Susan Guthrie, um, of the divorce and beyond podcast, we do a weekly uh, Facebook live, which Michelle was on last week. Yeah. But this is, this is a really great way to know Kate and like really love fall in love with her personality. Um, (laughs) I highly recommend the podcast. If the New York times says it's great, you know, it is. And, and the whole, the whole package, her Instagram, every little bit she gives you in all of her different ways to give it to you are going to resonate with you and make a difference. So make sure you check her out. Um, send her some love, tell her that you appreciate her because I do. And I really appreciate all of my listeners. I think that you guys are the driving force behind the Moms Moving On podcast with your questions and topic ideas and the love you come back with for all of our guests. So I know I'll be hearing it soon about Kate. 
Thank you everybody for tuning in. If you haven't already checked out the Moms Moving On membership community, that is up and running. And I am so grateful for all of you who have jumped in on that. It's a place to go if you need a little extra push, you need extra resources, advice, you want access to free monthly webinars with me and other legal experts. Join us. You know how to find me, momsmovingon.com. And keep moving on, ladies. Chat soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.